recording. Welcome to No Instructions, number 16, I'm Bob. I'm Josh. And we're back. Guess what we're working on? I'm going to declare okay. that I would like, <laughs> this is the softest desk declaration you can do, I would like to finish Voltron today. Uh, today? Yeah, yep. I still have the bag that is currently dumped in front of me, plus three more. Yep, me too. That's a lot. You gotta believe. <laughs> we can give it a shot. Uh, 3D printers are running in the other room. Kids are above us. So if you hate noise, this is probably not the podcast for you. Man, if you hate noise, podcasts are probably not the thing for That's you true. in well, general. I mean, some of them are really well produced and, you know, studio quality. We'll get Radiolab ambiance background music in here next time. We'll make it really heavy. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Little interstitials in between all mm-hmm. the topics. <clears throat> yeah, so the red is one of the arms. The red lion of Voltron's head is one of the arms. Uh, for those who are not watching, just listening, I've got this. I guess we both have the structure of the arm, yep. the beef of it, and now you got to put the legs on to the red lion. So that's that's where he, I'm at. He wiggles his hips like my dog used to do. Oh yeah, they get excited and they wiggle their butt. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, look at that. There's some really cool little parts on this set that I've never seen before. Uh, we talked about a couple of them, but like this double ball joint mm-hmm. piece. I'm um, looking at Voltron here, standing in front of me. And I'm not quite sure where that goes. I think that's a wrist, right? Because uh, this would be the shoulder. These two points would fit in here. Oh, yeah. So somehow the hand goes oh, that's onto where a double ball joint. I don't hand know. Hand slash head would go. Yeah, so we'll see what that, how that turns out. Hmm. <clears throat> how you doing? Yeah, pretty good. I feel like we uh, have gotten a little ahead on video stuff and also have a whole lot of things in process mm-hmm. right now. It's a good thing. It's really good. Yeah. You're doing stuff I don't want to be doing, so that's good. You're doing stuff I don't want to be doing. So Look at that. Out. Yeah, neat. Task delineation. <laughs> Hooray. And there's kids yelling above us, so that's always fun. All right, I better start building while we do this. Um, have you started watching Daredevil season three yet? Yep. How far are you? Two episodes. Okay. I'm th- I did three, I think. Okay. So should we do spoilers or not spoilers? Mm, Maybe it's a little I think early. whenever we talk about like 80s movies... I yeah. think we need, like, that's not even a spoiler warning for movies that are so You've had obscure. 30 years. Right? You should have watched it. Yeah. Daredevil, maybe? It's pretty new. Yeah. Okay. Well, we won't. Do you like it so far? Um, I do like it. Uh, Jenny is frustrated with Matt Murdock. Oh, he's <laughs> he's having a he's existential crisis. Especially broody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's like, he needs to get his act together. It's <laughs> good, though, She man. hasn't seen Iron Fist, then has she? Yeah, she has. Man. Yeah. It's not quite Iron Fist level, but like he's going through some stuff. He's got he work. He's, but he's I think, in his tunnel. I think it's really good. I think yeah. the stuff that they're making him deal with and the way that they're doing it, I think is very, very good. I, I would like to talk about the specifics, but yeah, if you haven't seen it, don't want to ruin it. <laughs> totally worthwhile. I did hear a rumor the other day. They canceled uh, Iron Fist and mm-hmm. uh, Luke Cage, mm-hmm. which, I mean, we recently finished both of the second seasons of those, and I like the second seasons of both of those shows a lot. Hmm. Iron Fist was way better than the first one. The final episode, like the final scene, I was like, whoa, whoa. Like, if they take this, this could get really interesting, and then they canceled it. So, you know, <laughs> it won't happen. Uh, kind of the same thing for for Luke Cage. Like the last scene, you're kind of like, what? 
oh, what, how's this going <laughs> to... What do I do? And now it's over. Aww. So um, I'm actually kind of interested to see if anything happens with those two characters because they definitely could wrap them into a different show, bring the shows back on the Disney net, the streaming service that's rumored to be coming. It's not really a rumor. They just won't announce it. It's like everybody knows it's happening. They've talked about it. They just won't actually name it or announce anything about it. Well, I have a theory that we kind of talked about today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that there's no Marvel movie. There's no Star Wars movie coming out. Like, Wreck-It Ralph 2, you said, was coming out in November. So mm-hmm. those are not Christmas releases. Right. I think the streaming service is going to come out around Christmas time. It's very possible. Because if I was them, they're like, well, you got to... How are we going to compete against people at the movies? They go... Don't go to the movies. Don't let them go to the movies. Yep. And then they all just go, (gasps) and they start slow clapping for that guy (laughs) or that lady. Give them the corner office. I have heard that there's supposed to be, um, I mean, you know, it's all rumor. Who knows? But they're going to try to price it below Netflix, which, Hmm. I mean, from one sense, obviously they would because it doesn't have the total amount of content Mm -hmm. that Netflix has, 90% of which is garbage and you wouldn't watch anyway. You know, but then everything on the Disney network is, or whatever their service is going to be, is Disney stuff that you know is of at least a minimum quality mm-hmm. that is pretty high. You but know, I mean, I mean that's kind of traditional. I think like they're giving everybody the new customer pricing, and then just like Netflix years, did, yeah. they'll they'll yeah. probably raise the price. Yeah, that's true. Just because of our original content, which you, is nonsense for Disney to try to say that they need additional streaming money for their original content budget. Like Netflix had to do, but I I think that's pretty predictable. That yeah, they put in an entry price that would lure people away from the other streaming services, and then gradually over time, bump it up. I know we kind of talked about it before, but will you? Do you think you'll pay for it? Mm, I don't know. Maybe we're the we're the hangbackers. Yeah, hangbackers and see. <laughs> hangbackers. Yep. <laughs> see if it's all the rage. I'm like, okay. Enough people that I respect have endorsed this thing. Yeah. So maybe it's time. I don't know that I will be, like, the first one to sign up or anything, but I'm pretty sure that we will. Uh, mainly because of the original stuff. Like, I I own all of the Marvel movies, mm-hmm. I think. I own all the Star Wars things ever, I know. And those are the things that I would actually want to have access to all the time, and I already have access to all those all the time. So the thing that I would be really interested in is, you know, they've got multiple Marvel shows that they're talking about putting on there. They're talking about like a Scarlet Witch show, hmm. a Loki show. But Loki's dead. There's a couple other ones. Yeah, I know. Could have been like The Adventures of Loki as a teenager. Oh, something man. like that. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. That's totally going to happen. Probably will. Check out this wild kid, Loki in middle school. What kind of <laughs> antics? What will he get into Loki meets next? world. Yeah. It's going to be really good. Same thing for Scarlet Witch. She could be like, you know, becoming a teenager, super broody, and like, I know my body's changing and I can control things with my mind. Is that normal, mom? That kind mm. of a show. I don't know. Anyway, th- those two I'm not necessarily that interested in, but they are definitely going to be creating... A bunch of exclusive content around Star Wars and Marvel. And, you know, I mean, I'm a sucker for that stuff. So, how do you feel about the new animated series that Um, Star Wars has with the like racing kids? uh, I'm not really interested in it from what I've seen so far, but I admittedly have not seen a whole lot because I'm not interested in it. I kind of get the feel 
that they are receiving that information from a lot of places because they're promoting it a lot more and a lot heavier on a lot of different fields. Well, I think it's getting closer to release too. Yeah. But so I like the thing I really like about Star Wars, which is something they're kind of going away from is this giant world that has a continuity. There's like this long story and it runs through, you know, and there's these little splinters that go off in different directions and everything, but there's still like a through line. Mm-hmm. And I don't know much about the show, but it looks like a side mission fully unrelated to everything else. And maybe it's not. I don't know what the stories are going to be about or anything. Um, But it just looks like a side mission of like teenage kids. Like, hey, we're going to go race these pods or whatever. We got our driver's licenses. Um, Now, if it somehow ties into the actual resistance and becomes part of the bigger through line, then... I mean, I could see how it would be interesting. When Rebels first came out, I wasn't interested in it. I saw it a couple episodes. I'm like, ah, I mean, it looks kind of cool. It's got a Jedi in it. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's about it. You know, like it was the, the Rogue One thing where it's like, well, I already know how this turns out. Yeah. But then when I watched all of Rebels, I didn't know how it turned out. I got to the end of it. I was like, they did a really good job of I like it. I mean, as much as I've seen of Rebels, I like it. Yeah. I ended up liking it. But my initial reaction was like, yeah. I don't know why this needs to be here, you know. And so I, I kind of feel the same way about Resistance. Is that what it's called? Resistance? I don't know. I think it's what it's called. I feel the same way. <clears throat> I'm like, eh, this looks like a like a teenager drama mm-hmm. set in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And that doesn't appeal to me. And I mean, honestly, they have the freedom to be able to create every type of show within that universe, and they're not all going to work for all people. And yep. I guess that's perfectly fine, you know. But I probably won't watch it if it's if it's that thing that I think it's going to be. I think maybe they're testing the the streaming waters with this for that kind of content. They're like, how do we, besides mm. Rebels, if Rebels is over, how do we get, you know, teens? Well, maybe make a show about them about teenagers. and their angst. Yeah. Everybody likes angst. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Uh, now, The Mandalorian, I'm all over that. I don't care what it's about. It looks awesome. <laughs> that one single picture. I mean, you know, it, live action Star Wars show has been something that at least I, but a lot of people have wanted for a very, very long time. So the fact that it's happening in some way, kind of no matter what it's about, I'm just really interested to see how it works. So, but we are currently watching oh, um, season three of Daredevil. We started Game of Thrones finally. Really? Yeah. First season? First season. Um, That's all I've seen, so we can talk about it that much. Uh, and then we just started. Have you ever watched Elementary? Elementary. Red Lion. It's done. <laughs> is that part of done? The- <laughs> Elementary. Elementary. Um, it is. Is that the on CBS Sherlock Holmes show? The one with um, is it Lucy Liu? Lucy Liu is in it. I, I know of it. Dr. I didn't Watson. watch. Watson. So I, I didn't love- have CBS. I knew that it was coming on. But- it's on Hulu. That's how we watch. Oh, okay. Um, we. I love Sherlock Holmes. Always have everything. Everything Sherlock Holmes. All the movies, the Sherlock show. I read all the books growing up, all the stories. Everything. I read Hounds of Baskerville. It was the only Sherlock Holmes book that I've read. You should go back and read them. They're, they're good. Hmm. And they're actually pretty quick. They're, most of them are relatively short. Um, and I've got them all if you want. The audiobooks, you can find several audiobooks of people reading them, and they're yeah. a lot of fun too because it's huh. like different voices and it's like an audio play. Um, anyway, it's a show that's been around for a long time, and it's set in modern-day New York City. And so he's 
He's British. Oh, you broke the oh, lion. Broken. Uh, but Lucy Liu is Dr. Watson. Joan Watson instead of John Oh, Watson. that's clever. But they're really good together. And the guy that plays uh, Sherlock is... Um, Oh, I can't think of his name. He was in Train Spotting. He was in Hackers. We should talk about oh, Hackers yeah. sometimes. But he's he's just really good. He's got this character down. And uh, anyway, we've been watching that show for a long time, and it's they just finished season six, and we just started season six because it always comes a little late. Mm-hmm. To, you know, so we started that last night, and it's just a good show. It has a lot to do with. I mean, obviously, they solve a mystery pretty much every time. But there again, there's a big through line through this entire thing about addiction, about drug addiction for him, which is a hmm. part of the original yep. thing. But they lean really heavily on it um, and use it as a – it's his nemesis. I mean, he has these other people that are his his opposite and his – I don't want to say equal, but, you know, like his yeah. the people he's fighting against or whatever. But uh, his drug addiction is the thing that he's really fighting against through – all of these seasons, so it's good. Anyway, we're about to back watch, and forth. Uh, did you ever watch House? Um, I saw it once or twice, and I could see how it would be really good, but I just never really followed with it. You know, I really liked House. He had a drug thing too, right? Yeah, yeah. And he was like a medical version of uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Really sassy, like doesn't care, super full of himself because he knows he's right, and then is rewarded when he is right. Mm-hmm. But has these vices that people just like. People kind of allow him to have because he's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's very much Sherlock. I wonder if they. I wonder if they modeled him, off of the Sherlock Holmes character and just kind of transplanted into a different. I don't know. I wouldn't setup. doubt it. Huh. It does sound really similar. It's a really good show. He had his. <clears throat> well, I mean, they're all doctors, but he had a little friend, who was the straight shooting guy who always tried to keep him in little, check. Little friend. Yeah, and was there to kind of help him, but. He didn't really need his help. He, mm, yeah. He just allowed him to figure things out on his own. So help is like a loose word. Nope. Oh, this into there. Mm, snap. Mm, click. Pop. Crack. Oh, I did it. Yay. He's got an arm. Arms are good. Hey, that's how we make the arm articulate right there. What? Just wiggle. Just wiggle like Voltron's just wiggle. arm. Wiggle. 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 Um, all right, so yeah, I was going to ask you about Daredevil. We'll see. What else we got? I'm opening more Legos. I'm keeping it going. Oh, do it. Do it. I'm almost done with the same thing that you just finished. And now we'll move on. We got some pros and cons. Uh, I got Chris a bunch of them. Crawford sent me a bunch of them. You got some separately. We got some from the No Instructions Instagram page. Sweet. And if you're not following us over there, you should. Not that we post a whole lot, but we try to. And as we do more interesting models and sets and stuff we'll be posting pictures of them and if you're not if you'd rather see video of this of us um building stuff and rarely looking at the camera you can go to our (laughs) youtube channel for this show no instructions podcast on youtube and subscribe um you want to do some you want to trade off some uh this Ooh, that's fancy i've seen this i've seen it in clear clear yeah i've never seen this in an opaque piece before interesting See, people who are watching YouTube Ooh, channel. Look at that. Look at this. Oh, We're discovering are listening are together. Missing out. Um, okay. You want to you wanna go back and forth with pros and cons? Yes. Okay. I think that's a wonderful idea. So these are all 80s themed. Mine are not. Mine are all over the place. Okay, cool. Well, um, I, honestly, I think most of these are going to be pros. There's a couple cons for me, but 
Uh, ooh, McDonald's BLT burger. I've never had it. I've had very few things from McDonald's, to be honest with you. Okay. Never had it. A BLT burger? That makes no yeah. sense. It, w- it was a burger with bacon lettuce. That's a bacon cheese. That's a bacon cheeseburger without cheese. Yeah. But you can't call it that. All right. Um, Have you had one? I I think I did. Did it sweep the nation like the McRib? No. 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 It didn't last very long either. Again, I don't know why the McRib sweeps the nation. Have you ever had a McRib? Yeah. What do you think? There's like a barbecue piece of rubbery sandwich with pickles on it. It's kind of like, it's like cheap hamburger meat wrapped in barbecue sauce. Yeah, it is. I think we actually had those in our lunchroom. It's very possible. Mm-hmm. I used to work in the mall when I was in college, and I was poor, and so I would eat, <laughs> and there wasn't a lot to eat in this mall. Um, but there Wait, was you used to work in the mall when you were in college? Yeah. Man, we share so many occupations. Really? Yeah. Please continue. Um, anyway, I used to eat at McDonald's all the time, and, and like I haven't since then. I didn't before then. I didn't either growing up. It was just like the thing that I could get there. <laughs> I could get a double quarter pounder with cheese, no onions. That was my... And that is a lot of meat right there. It was good. I've had a Royale cheese. Mm. It's delicious. Really? Yeah. The McDonald's in Europe is the quality of food is way different than the McDonald's I've in heard the States. That. Yep. You can get like a side salad, but like a legit side salad with like stuff on it and like a vinaigrette. And it's just, it was cleaner. And I really went for the Royale with cheese. But there just was. So you could say that you had had it? Mm hmm. Just to compare. <laughs> yeah. And I think I probably had a Royale with cheese before I had a double quarter pounder because I didn't really know any better. Mm. Uh, but they had a place called the Bic or the Bicky Burger when we were in Belgium that had a Star Wars themed hamburger. <laughs> okay. Um, it was during like, I guess they re-released the movies in the mid 2000s, mm-hmm. like 2009-ish. Yep. Well, they had a Darth Vader burger that the bun was black <laughs> and everybody wanted to go get this burger because there's not a lot of fast food places in Europe. Like, it's just, it's not as prevalent of a thing as it here in the States. And so we had one kind of near our house, and I learned about it, and I went down to go get one, and it's like, oh, they're they're gone yesterday. Hmm. So I missed my chance to eat this really gross-looking, weird hamburger, just oh, to say that I've done it. Bummer. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, woe is me. But <laughs> I think Burger King is coming out with a gross-themed hamburger That's now so for Halloween. I mean, besides their usual offerings. Like what? Like the gross burger or the bun is green, dark green or something? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. So, oh, I used to work in the mall when I was in college. Okay. And my, my go-to was Panera because hmm. I worked in a smoothie shack in the mall. And the guy who ran Panera really liked smoothie. And so he would bring over all the, like, bagels, little day-old bagels. Mm-hmm. And they would chop them up into bites, like smaller little chunks. So we could just like eat them on the go, and we didn't have to stop what we were doing. You hmm. like wolf down a little, not a bagel bite, trademark, but a little chunk of bagel. A bagel nibble. Yeah, and that was the first time I had ever had Panera. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did this wrong. Those don't go in there. Um, okay. Yeah, I worked in I worked in college at American Eagle, and Ooh. then at the Gap. Ooh. Or maybe it was the other direction. I think it was the other direction, but. Yeah, both of those things. And then I didn't work at the mall anymore. What was your first, like, high school job? We shared the first high school job. I worked in a snow cone shed. I don't know if that was my first one. Oh, I thought you said that was your first job. Yeah, it, my, it may have been. My first job was my sophomore year. I worked in a snow cone shop 
there was like a pole beside kind of food truck before there were food trucks kind of trailer that was set up in this one spot in town and it was awesome it was florida and it was super hot and it was a little air-conditioned shed full of ice and my friends got to come hang out and i got to keep 50 percent of everything i made for the day really yeah and at the time being in the 10th grade like i'd walk out with like 100 bucks a day huh. it was insane wow well, and I just then paid the, hourly yeah well my friend's parents owned it like they bought it as like a kind of retirement investment and we worked like opposing shifts but yeah it was great i made a decent bit of money hmm. and then kind of blew it all on stupid stuff because <laughs> i didn't know how to manage money in high school <laughs> yep I worked in, in one, I don't know what my first job was. I don't, I mean, I worked for my dad during the summers, like entering dental records into a computer. Oh boy. Oh, that was super fun. It was actually kind of nice. Cause I got to go down into the basement of his office and be by myself and listen to music and then just like hmm. do that for a little while. So that was fun. But I, I think I, I did the snow cone thing. Not the a, we're I, not at the same place. It's just coincidental. Yeah. The same yeah, job. yeah. Um, the I the thing that really sticks out to me about the snow cone two things, one I got to try every combination. I'm sure you did the same thing. Yep. And black cherry and vanilla was my favorite combo. Still is. Like I still get that. Hmm. It's just really good. Second thing was I was in that shed listening to the radio when they announced that Kurt Cobain died. Oh. And I remember it. I was serving people, and I heard it in the background, and I just kind of like froze. And it had a real impact on me. Just caught me off guard because it was like this, I don't know. It was the first person of my, I don't want to say generation, but like of my cultural generation mm-hmm. that died young that I that I can remember. Maybe it wasn't the first one, but the first one that like really caught my attention. And I was just like, uh, that means we don't have him anymore. Yep. That's not cool. Nope. You know. But yeah, uh, so anyway, that was one of the first jobs. I worked in a deli washing dishes. I worked at a fish restaurant. Where was cleaning there a up. fish it's restaurant? It's not here anymore. Hmm. It was awful. I got a brand new pair of vans, went to work at their restaurant for one day. I mean, I worked there longer than that. But the first day that I left, vans were ruined, Ugh. covered in fish guts and nasty. Yummy. Oh, so gross. This was like a sludge on the floor <laughs> of just like, just gross. I worked at Hardee's for four days. Hmm. Uh, I went in and obsessively just cleaned that place because it was disgusting. And went, you're welcome. And then (laughs) later quit. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Nice. They had, they made fried chicken at that Hardee's and it was disgusting. It was a big like slop bucket type station with this green goo in it. And he was like, dump raw chicken in it. Green goo. Yeah. That's the flavoring. Like the flour type stuff it's this batter mm. but it was super green and nasty i don't i'm sure it might have been that color on purpose i hope <laughs> but i don't know it was just it was an atmosphere that like i was in high school and i did it so that i could buy a car yeah and i realized that there was a lot more important stuff than me working in that environment that i didn't really want to be in it wasn't around people that made me want to be better in life yeah um uh, I, I worked at a restaurant as a bartender for a while before I was 21, which was kind of cool. Hmm. But working in, I think, the service industry, like, I learned a lot. But at that Hardee's was not the place that I learned it. I learned it like, wow, you people just don't care about anything. 
and I care way too much being here. So I'm gonna do you a solid and just prevent the health inspector from shutting you down and then I'll bow out gracefully. <laughs> I learned that I don't ever wanna work in food service ever in any way. That's what I learned. I think it's a really good thing for people to do, especially for high schoolers or like college kids. Like it, I think it's, I think it's something that people should do. Yeah, I agree. For a little while, and then yeah, done. Like I mean, Jenny worked as a, a server for a long time and waitress for a long time, and she, I mean, a hostess and a server. Mm -hmm. Those were the things I was trying to think of. And she loved it. She loved taking. I mean, she loves taking care of people, and she loved helping yeah. people and stuff. So it, it was a perfect fit for her. I just, blah. And she worked it. So when we lived in Savannah, when we met, she was working at Lady and Sons, famous restaurant, Paula Deen's restaurant. Hmm. And she was working there when it was really small and uh, before they moved in big location and all this stuff and got all famous. And so she would come home smelling like fried chicken every yeah. night, which sounds maybe to somebody like, ooh, fried chicken, but no, no. And so like I had to deal with, she's totally worth dealing with that smell, but Aww. you know what I mean? Like after a while, I'm just like, man, you should get another job so you don't smell like chicken all the time. <laughs> My ex-girlfriend used to work at Pizza Hut and mm -hmm. she was the one who like prepared the dough. She smelled so bad. I would go pick her up from work, and every time she got in my car, I'm like, God. I'm like, we really need to break up because of the way that you just oh, wow. stink. That's rough. We didn't like each other very much. So hooray for Pizza Hut and whatever aerosol stuff that they, she had to spray on that way dough. To, way to save my future, Pizza yeah, Hut. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. All right, green lion. Red lion's done. Brown. Okay, it's my turn. There? Yeah, your turn. With the, uh, uh, book jackets. Book <laughs> jackets. Con. This one's from my wife. <laughs> Con. Why? It's a waste of material. It doesn't actually save anything, and it's just something else you have to deal with. No. Okay. Wrong bag. What do you think? Um, indifferent? No, you have to have a strong opinion about this. Mm. Not really. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm, what I don't like are the movie jackets. Yeah. Those, I am, I'm hard con against those, but book jackets, like if you take a book jacket off, all the books just look fancy. If you want a hardcover book. If you have a, you know, paperback book, then it's not even a thing. Well, but, but what's the point of having it then? Uh, I don't know. Some people say that there's like additional information about the author on the sleeve. Like I never read that. I use it as a, a bookmarker sometimes. Like hmm, you can take it and you can kind of fold it in. Yeah. It just seems like another thing that's going to get, like, the corners are going to get jammed up. It's going to eventually get, you know, in the way, get gross or torn, and then you're going to have to take it off and throw it away. Mm. I don't know. I've never thrown them away. I mean, I have a lot of books with book jackets on them. It doesn't bother me. I think that, I, I guess, is a hardcover book really worth it? Because a softcover book is just a, a book jacket integrated into the book. And so you only have one if you have a hardbound book. Yeah, that's true. Which I guess people really like. And so if you really like it, then you got to prepare to love a book jacket. I get, huh? Never really thought about that. I do. You have a preference between hardcover and softcover books? Nope. I that? roll the pages. Ooh, here, if you're reading a softcover book, which I don't know how long time ago or when's the last time you actually read like a book book and not an audio book, which is the way of the now. But I like tangible books kind of as much as I do audiobooks 
but I will roll the back cover and like hold the book like that Ooh. and not try to put my spread your fingers through the book so that it fans out in front of you. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but that means you're curling the back cover, right? I'm curling the front cover as I read it. Oh, man. Or whichever yeah. way has less pages you're killing, if I'm past half. Killing the book. Yeah, if you look at the binding on my softcover books, it has the little ripples, the yeah. little wear marks in them. Book killer. Yeah. I used to read a lot of books at night. <laughs> it was very strange. Like, I'd be in my room and I just couldn't sleep. And so I just read a bunch of books. But I didn't have a headlamp. I had the flashy red light from the back of my bicycle. <laughs> and so I'm amazed that I haven't swallowed my tongue while doing any of that and had some horrible seizure. Uh, yeah, somebody just, asked you to like tell a book, like tell the story, and you'd say pretty much every other word my, of the my story. My eyes would gloss over. <laughs> but yeah, I read Robinson Crusoe. By the, the lovely Ugh. luminescence yeah. of a flashing... Just like being in a real shipwreck. <laughs> flashing red lights. I feel like I'm there. What is That's crazy. All right, let me see if I got one here. Oh, um... Ooh, what's this? What's what? This is new. No, I've seen that. I've never seen that one. It's uh, it's like a... Like fenders for a car. Mm. Off of little little cars. Uh, Cheese Whiz. Mmm... There's a con. I'm going to say con. Okay. I w- I've eaten Cheese Whiz before, mm-hmm. but after listening to... Have you, do you know Mitch Hedberg? Do you know yeah, of Mitch yeah, Hedberg? No. He has a bit about but yeah, no, Cheese Whiz. About how it has no integrity as a product and it really should be glow in the dark so you can see how much Cheese Whiz you're putting on. <laughs> or that's Easy Cheese, like this, this string cheese. Is that the same thing? Yeah, I think, cheese same whiz? Thing. I think so. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't want to eat that. I mean, I got to say that it's. I know it's unhealthy, but it's, I don't know, it's still kind of good. I haven't had it in probably 20 years, so I yeah. can't really say that, but I don't remember it being like, oh, this is disgusting. It's like, ah, this is probably bad, but yeah, you know, that kind of thing. It's like Oreos. I mean, Oreos are awesome, but when you eat it, you know that's not like an actual cookie. You know the stuff in the middle is like some mushy white puff, something mm-hmm. that's not from nature. Sure do. You know what I mean? And it's still good, though. I will right? eat the garbage out of them. I love Oreos. We used hey, to after we run the race, can we just eat like a whole bunch of Oreos? Heck yeah. You nice. want to split a box, a whole package? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Chocolate milk? Chocolate milk and half, a, half a package of Oreos. <laughs> All right. We I got make, real excited about the race now. We can make that happen. The race. Yeah, yeah. By the way, the race is this weekend. It'll be before this episode comes out. I think. We're doing a half marathon. Josh is first. Are you excited about it? Um, yes. I am a little nervous. Really? Yeah. What are you nervous about? Man, I don't know. I got to run 13 miles. Well, I know that. Like, that's... I mean, are you nervous about not being able to do it? Or no, I'm, a I'm prepared. Time, or like, there's... I have no time goal in mind. Okay. Um, these last couple runs, because I've done the ones leading up to this on the plan that we're using, I've done the 9-mile and the 10-mile. And the 9-mile, like, my knees started hurting for the first time. And then the 10-mile, it kind of did, but not as bad. And so I think that's what I'm worried about. Up to up to that point, I'm like, yep, we're on board. Let's do this. This is happening. And then when my knee started hurting while I was running, I didn't it, it worried me that I'm gonna get into the to the half marathon, the thing we've been preparing for, and like it hurts really bad where I'm gonna like hobble. Cause I will not hobble. Like there's the pride part in me that like mm. the I would just keep going. Yeah. And I don't want to have to just keep going. I want to enjoy it as much as somebody can enjoy running 13 miles. 
But that's, I think, what I'm a little trepidatious about because gotcha. I don't want to hate it. Well, one of the things that is interesting, I mean, you go into it expecting, like for your first race, you're going to go into it expecting like the gun's going to go off or the siren or whatever, and everybody's going to take off running, and they're all going to be a super runners, and they're all going to go, and then it's going to be me like, here we go, <laughs> a little slow behind everybody else. But the fact of the matter is most of the people there, and this is not a dig towards anybody, it's just like the reality, most of the people there are out of shape. A lot of them are overweight, and they're doing something to try to get out of those situations. Those right, are my people. So those are the people that are there feeling the exact same way all of us feel on the first race. Like, I'm going to be the slowest person in this entire group of 500 people or whatever. But you'll see, like, a huge spectrum of people. There will be those people who shoot off right at the beginning, and they're gone, and you never see them again. And then there'll be, you know, people behind you that don't even start moving until you're, like, a half mile down the road. And there'll be people walking throughout the middle of it. There'll be people stopped mm-hmm. on the side who just kind of gave up or taking a break or, you know, it's so even though it feels like that pride may get you and you're like, I'm going to push through this pain, even if I can't walk for a week. I mean, when you see the people around you that like everybody's in a different spot. Yeah. It may be a little bit easier to be like, either I can do this or for my own best interest, I should probably like rest or yeah. hobble or slow down or whatever the thing is. Well, the f- or it may be awesome, and you'll be like, I can totally do this, and you just rock it, you know? Well, the first and only, like, non-mandatory run that I've done was a 5K down in Florida. And I was really surprised at just the structure of it. Because hmm. um, in the Army, it's everybody has to go run, and you go run that way for a long time. Or every six months, you had to do, like, a physical readiness test, and you run two miles. And so, But you're by yourself. But every quarter you had to run with like a group of some hundred other people. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got out of the Army, I did just like a, it was the reindeer something, another 5K. And I didn't know what to do. Like there's protocol and there's like, there's a whole energy and like a community like mm-hmm. with the runners. And I just, I'm like, I'm, my name is Josh and I'm here to run. I paid you some money. And they're like, oh, here's your bib and here's your your marker. I'm like, my, my what? And it's a little puck looking thingy that you put on your shoe mm-hmm. have you done that before oh yeah yeah that's new yeah and it was the same thing everybody kind of started up and people start going and i just start going and then i think the thing i enjoyed the most about it was the gamut of people that were around me mm-hmm. there's this i remember this one lady she was running but she had her hands up in front of her <laughs> like she was holding a ball in front of her face and she wouldn't let go of this imaginary ball. So as she's running, like normally you would swing your hands, maybe from your pockets towards your ears. I don't know. But she just had her hands straight up, huh. bouncing along like she was holding a big, big ball. And I was the whole time, I probably spent a quarter to, you know, at least a good mile looking at this lady going, how is she doing that? <laughs> and then people's like little buzzers would, was doing that. was uh like little buzzers would go off or people would be doing like fartlek runs where they would run and then a little buzzer would go off and then they would walk. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are you doing this here? Like, this seems like, I guess, okay, to me, this doesn't seem like practice. This seems like the event. Right. And so there's this thing that I'm building up in my mind that I've prepared for this thing. Like, I'm going to go in front of the judges and I hope I don't forget the lyrics kind of thing. Like, it's, but it's not. We're just going running. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. And so I'm probably building that, rightly so, I'm building this up in my head as something that it doesn't need to be because I want to do a good job because I've prepared for this. 
and and I'm sure, and I'm I absolutely know. Like once we start, that whole thing is going to melt away. I'm just going to be really focused, listening to podcasts, and watching people run silly, and they'll be watching me run silly. Mm-hmm. Actually, honestly, people probably won't be paying any attention to you at all, and you probably won't really pay attention to them either. You know, because at first you'll be like, "This feels great. I'm like finally doing it." Whatever, and you're focusing on the fact that you're enjoying it and having a good time and then eventually it'll get a little harder and then you'll be focusing on that and you probably won't really pay that much attention to the people around you i've found myself a few times where in marathons where like i'll get tired and i start looking down instead of forward and i'll forget that there are people behind me which is something i'm typically really aware of but like i'll kind of forget and start to slow down but i'm in front of somebody else and they have to kind of mm. oh they gotta juke gotta, around you yeah yep and so that's one thing you may want to be aware of, just that you're going to get focused, but don't let it you know, make you ignore the people around you or whatever, because that can happen pretty easily. Yeah. Also, if I can give you a piece of advice. Please do. Um, it's Oh, man, I put the thing on wrong. If uh, <clears throat> Even if you expect to go... I don't know how to say this in the backwards way, but don't start too fast. Oh, no, 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 yeah. Because I, it, even though you know that, there's still a certain energy and a certain excitement right. at the beginning, and yep. you're going to be like, man, I feel good. Dude, it's it's the best weather out here. Let's just do it. And then you take off, and then and like two miles into here. it, you're like, oh, mm. ow. Yeah. And I've done that multiple times in races and really, really regretted it. So just get your pace in mind that you're going for, and for the first couple of miles – watch that pace on your watch really hard and make sure you're sticking to it. And if you go too fast, just slow down because hmm. you're really setting yourself up for how the rest of the race is going to go. So it's totally worthwhile. Good advice. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Okay. So that was book jackets. What else you got? <laughs> book jackets. Um, let's see here. Reebok pumps. I loved my Reebok pumps. You had some? I had the pumps and then I had the Insta pumps. Insta pumps. Oh, yeah. Insta pumps were a step up. We had an outlet mall near us, so I was probably mm. uh, the not cool kid with the pumps anymore. <laughs> Did you wear any pumps? No, I never had them. Okay. So you put your shoe and you put your foot in the shoe. And it was good for parents because you you could buy a pair of shoes that were bigger than your kid needed so they lasted a little while longer. Was that the intention? I don't know. That's what my mom did. Huh. That's pretty smart. Yep. Because she bought it. I'm like, the shoe doesn't fit. She's like, you pump it. And then that was it. Oh, so she bought them without you asking for them. Well, not like we tried on the shoes. But, I mean, you weren't like, everybody has pumps. Mom, I want some pumps. There was probably an element of that. Hmm. But it wasn't stronger than her going like, nope, you just get the bigger ones and you'll be fine. But the Insta pumps came with a little probably four-inch green and gray little cylindrical canister looking thing that you put a CO2 cartridge in. Wow. And it had a little round valve and you would marry that a little injector thingy up against the valve and you push on the lever and you instantly blow up oh, your shoe. Oh, now I get it. Thanks right? for explaining it fully. The Insta I've never heard of that. That's yep. crazy. Well, I had some. Huh. I, it outlets. seemed like a cool idea. Uh, I think I had some friends that had them, but I never had... Oh, I never had like the fancy whatever the new shoe was. It was just never a thing I was that into and my parents probably just wouldn't have bought them anyway, so... I tried to jump on that bandwagon. It was middle school mostly because that's like a 
horrible place for a kid to learn how to be themselves it's in middle school. And so it's, it's like, what's the thing that's going to make this easiest? So I was right. like, oh, people care about shoes. And like, I could really not care about shoes, but right. how about let's get like a midline <clears throat> pair of shoes or I'm not going to catch a bunch of crap from people. And I can also maybe afford them because, I mean, I was one of three. Yeah. So there was a lot of outlet mall shopping. Oh, which um, actually, I, I take that back. I I did have a pair of Andre Agassiz. Do you remember those? The tennis player? Yeah. Because I just... played tennis a little bit. Oh, did you? Yeah. In mm. sixth, seventh grade, somewhere in there. I didn't stick with it. But they were pretty cool shoes, and I remember, like, those are Nikes that I would actually want to wear. Like, I wasn't into Jordans or anything like that, but I did have one pair of Agassiz. And I'm, they were probably, like, two years ago, you know, like the bargain bin. Yeah. Whatever, but I had them. That's where I lived, man, at that bargain bin. Um, I thought of something else. Oh, oh, this is totally random. But you said one of three, and I got to thinking about this. Um, this is not really interesting. This is just the type of stuff that Don't my brain set goes it up to. Like that. Well, it, it's not, but it's just the type of thing that I... Anyway, so when I think of myself, mm-hmm. and I think of my brother and sister, Bill and Jen, when I was growing up, they were Billy and Jenny. And so every time I thought of siblings, I thought of Billy and Jenny, Billy and Jenny. And it just dawned on me from listening to my kids, actually for them praying at night, when they take turns, they pray for their siblings and they all have to say a different combination of three names. And it never dawned on me the fact that like within a single family, everybody looks at their, I told you this isn't interesting. Hmm. Everybody looks at their siblings from their own perspective, obviously. But like when you say the names of your siblings... I don't know. It's just, I don't even know how to say it, but it just feels like all of the kids in this family are blank, 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 and blank. But from each one of those people, it's blank, blank, blank. It's a different combination mm-hmm. that when they talk about their siblings, they have to talk about the thing. I, we have four kids, so it just is very obvious to me when I hear them all say their siblings' names. Do you feel like they're missing someone whenever they say it? It's just weird. Yeah. Like yeah. they each have their own rhythm to how they talk about their family. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And I wonder if the way that they, uh, if they pray for their, their brothers and sisters at night, like when they're older and they go like, yeah, I have my brother, you know, I have my brother and sister, da, 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 da. And they do it in the same yeah. kind of cadence like that a, they did now. That they, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever said my brother and sister's name like that to people. My, my older brother's name is Jeremy and my younger sister's name is Sarah. But, I, but like if you were talking to your parents and you were talking about your siblings, how would you say it? Jeremy and Sarah? Yeah. So like you have a But it's a, weird because there's like there's a big age difference. I mm. say big, but like my sister's seven years younger than me, and my brother's three years older. And so they have a ten year split. Right. And so when I was old enough to really like think of them as people and not just little kids, like my sister's a little kid, like my brother was already probably out of the house. Hmm. And so I've never really had to think of them or address them in the same light. I guess unless they're coming over for like Thanksgiving. Yeah, right. Well, that's interesting. Hmm. It is. I told you my thing wasn't that interesting, it's, but that's it's, just it was not bad. Okay, I got one. This is from where to go. You do a really good job of of saying people's names, uh, saying people's internet names. <laughs> I'm less good at this, so this is Tommy Billamoria, Tommy Dot Billamoria. Okay. On Instagram. Okay. He gave a couple. 
So I'm just going to pick one because there's more. Black Friday. It's coming up somewhat soon. Ooh. How do you feel about Black Friday? Um, do we need to explain Black Friday to those non-American people? I don't think so. I think that's Listeners? pretty. I think it's pretty obvious that what that is. Okay. I mean, I guess we can. It's not a day where like Americans revolted and killed a bunch of people because that's usually how that's those kind of days like. sound like. Well, I mean, it's probably not that far from the truth. I think it's like uh, I don't know. I don't know about if it's a pro or a con. I think both, maybe. Do you look forward to Black Friday, the big sales day after Thanksgiving? No, no. Do you go wait with, in line? So the problem with Black Friday, not well, not the problem. One of the problems, one of the the things that makes Black Friday not useful to me, is that I don't like to buy people. I do this, but I don't like to buy people gifts for the sake of getting them a gift. I want to buy you a gift that I know that you will appreciate, that you will like. Mm-hmm. So if you're hinging your gift buying on a deal mm. that not doesn't always, but often means I'm going to go to this place where stuff is on sale. I'm going to find something on sale that works for this person. So the least, you know, path of least resistance thing that might be a gift for so-and-so. And so it becomes less useful for me in that way. I mean, you can still probably find some stuff that would work, but I don't know. It's just like... That doesn't seem like an efficient or a, a authentic way to buy a gift for somebody. So you're just hoping that happenstance, that something that you are already wanting to get for somebody is also on sale. Yeah, and that seems like a long shot. Probably. You know, but I don't know. What do you think? I don't like it. I don't like getting up early. I, well, don't, yeah. I, oh, I certainly would not actually do it. I hate waiting <laughs> in line. Like, I don't often use that word, but I hate waiting in line. It, I feel like I'm wasting my life. So to wait in line for another bag, like some just piece of stuff yeah. that in my head, I know I'm being tricked. Like that's me in shopping. I know I'm being tricked by an ad agency and a marketing company. Mm-hmm. And at certain points, I'm okay with it. If I need a new pair of jeans, if I know I have to go buy something, I'm going to be bombarded and I'm going to fall prey and I'm going to be a statistic, and I get that. But I feel like... <laughs> it sounds like you're going to die. It makes me angry yeah. that there's an imbalance in the world between the stuff that is marketed at me and in me just being like a dumb sheep and going like, oh, that one looks pretty good. And I'm like, dang it, I did it again. <laughs> I didn't do my ample research or whatever. Yeah. But Black Friday seems like there are a bunch of ad agencies and marketing executives just like twisting mustaches, going like, yeah. those big dummies are going to wait outside in the dark and the cold so they can get this camera that we hate that we don't even want to sell anymore yeah. and they're going to beat each other up over it or like a tv that's going to be outdated in a couple months that yeah. we've marked down like they're going to trample each other ha 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 so that's what i see <laughs> them around their big ominous 80s black marble boardroom table <laughs> so that already like i just don't like right i, I would agree with all that yeah so I feel like I'm being swindled by all the deals, air quotes, on Black Friday. Yeah. And whether or not there is an actual deal, like if I'm like, oh, I was thinking about buying one of those, I'm probably less likely to go get it on Black Friday. So I guess I should clarify, I would never, ever, 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 ever get up early to go stand in line to buy something. Ever. Am I clear on that? 
So yeah. when I'm thinking of Black Friday, I'm not thinking of like the getting up at 2 a.m. and going to stand in a parking lot forever. I'm thinking of just like showing up at, you know, after dinner, seeing if there's anything left over, looking around or Scraps. just buying online. That's what I think of as a Black Friday because I would never do that. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you there. My wife and her family do it after Thanksgiving. Ugh. And I mean, whatever. Like, it's they just want to go spend time with each other. Yeah. I mean, I really don't care. One of my sister-in-laws does it, and she gets up super early, and she plans for it, and she loves it. And she gets pretty amazing deals on stuff. But, like, I don't know. It doesn't seem worthwhile to me, personally. Mm. Um, I will say, though, that a couple of years ago, we were looking for a new TV because we had an older TV that was starting to, like, blink occasionally, Mm -hmm. you know? And it was like, I think it was our tube TV. I don't remember. But... We were looking at getting one, and um, we went, I think it was on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. I was like, well, you know, stuff's probably on sale, so this is something we need. We may as well go ahead and, ooh, Green Lion is Green done. Green Lion. We may as well go ahead and look, you know, and see what we can find. And we found a TV that was at a local store, and it was $600 cheaper than what I looked it that's, up online on my phone. And that was, yeah, $600. And I was like, well... Like, even if this isn't the best deal in the world, that's still cheaper than we're going to find it anywhere else. Yeah. And so we got it. And I st- and then the price went back up and stayed up. So, like, hmm. it was a good deal. It was worthwhile. We also needed some appliances one year. And we went and um, ended up buying, I don't remember what we bought now. But it wasn't gift stuff. It was like, well, I yeah. know everything's going to be on sale, and this is a need we have, so let's go see if we can find something to fill that need. And we and that's purposeful. That's that's you being in control of your shopping habits. Right. <clears throat> I think that's the atypical uh, Black Friday experience. Yeah, probably. And that but, was more like Black Weekend. But they're doing that too. That? Oh yeah, man, they have names like till the next weekend. Yeah, like Cyber Monday. <laughs> it, eh. Stop it. Stop it. Stop getting me. <laughs> Just everybody can go enjoy themselves. Go shop to your heart's content, man. I, that's not a thing that I enjoy or I really care about. Be- and I think if I had to narrow it down, it's because of the boardroom people that I feel think that I'm stupid. Hmm. Which may not be a thing. I'm sure that ad agencies are lovely, wonderful people who give generously to charity. But I... <laughs> I think that they think that I'm stupid. No, so I don't. I don't them. think they think you're stupid. But I have worked at ad, ad agencies, at ad agencies, and one of the things I had a really hard time with is I don't like being marketed to. But I was working in a situation where I had to market to people. Not like I wasn't creating the marketing language, but I was in, you know, like implementing it. And after I got into that position, it was one of the things I had a really hard time with. It's like, I know that my job is trying to convince people to buy something that is, in that case, potentially harmful to them. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like, I don't, I don't really want, I wouldn't want people telling me that I needed to buy this. So why would I want to do this for other people? And so I ended up, that was a big motivator in finding a different job that was about building products rather than uh, marketing stuff to people. Last bad. Last bag. Man, we're going for it. All right, we're 51 minutes in, and I'm still behind here, so... One of these Voltrons is going to be done today. i got to catch up, Okay, it's your turn. Uh, All right, let me find another one. Uh, Hair metal. Um... 
<laughs> Man, that's a broad spectrum. It is. It is. Let's say 80s. Narrow it to... Um, is this Winger or is this Metallica? This is Winger. Metallica's not hair metal. They had really long hair. They had, but they had short hair. That's, I mean, like uh, low hair. Hair metal is high hair in the front. Hairspray, it's up, it's... Oh, okay. Like you know what I'm glam saying? Glam rock kind of... Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the radio, yes. On the radio. On a music video, no. <laughs> so you like the music. Yeah. You just don't like the... Uh, I don't want to... Like, put that away. It. I don't want to see that. <laughs> That's unnecessary. Yeah. yeah. Your, I, your PR firm thinks I'm stupid <laughs> and that I'm going to listen to your music just because you look like that and you wear blush and eyeshadow and crap like... Nah, man. That was a really weird flip in in that point in time to to take what was you know heavy metal and had just kind of started. Well, it was just starting, but it was it had a, a certain swell to it mm-hmm. and a direction. And then there was this branch of like the super theatrical yep. application of heavy metal. Really weird. Just a I don't know. I mean, I guess it's all gone in different directions several different times, you know, but. Weird thing. Did you listen to any of that music? Mm, my mom kind of did. That's cool. Um, she was a big Kiss fan, hmm. which always caught me off guard about my very suburban mom. I mean, she was just as, I don't say she was ordinary, but like there's no reason she couldn't have liked Kiss. But right. I mean, when you think of your mom and some things you don't know about her, she's like, oh, I used to go to Kiss concerts all the time. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Used to what? But yeah, I mean, I'll listen to it. It's entertaining enough, but I don't want to watch it. It just looks super silly. Yeah, I'm with you. Oh, gotta do the feet. Back to the feet. I um was look- I was looking for new music this morning. I I'm just I think I'm just picky. I know I'm picky, especially when it comes to music. But I think people should be picky when it comes to music, but mm-hmm. I just always have... I think people should be picky about everything that they like in life, and you should be able to know why you like it, because then the advertisers aren't winning, and they don't know... <laughs> you can tell them that they're stupid, because they're like, you're going to like this now. I'm like, no, I don't. I like this instead. Well, I, go, I, I don't know. There's something to be said for like being easygoing enough to just like, it's a, I can like this. Like, it's not bad. I'm just, when it comes to music... And not, and not about everything, but you know, when it comes to music, I... I don't know. I I have a hard time just being like, yeah, this is what everybody listens to. Okay. Like, no, it just doesn't sound good. Or it sounds like everything else. Or it sounds like, I don't know. And then I'll find something that I like, an album that I like or a band that I like, and I will listen to them. I can listen to that thing forever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, and I'll listen to an album into the ground, and it doesn't bother me. me. Um, but I know that I'll get stuck on kind of that thing and not I'll probably miss out on other stuff that I would like just because I'm not like letting pop culture or letting whatever current music just go all the time so I probably do miss out but anyway this morning I tried to look on Amazon to like in the recommended like that kind of makes sense that some algorithm would try to recommend music to me based on what I've listened to in the past that seems like a good idea but Everything that they recommended was just garbage. Just like all sounds the same and boring and well Siri, you don't know me at all. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. So if anybody has any new good music suggestions, 
that I would like. <laughs> Let me clarify that. Let me know. Um, is it my turn? Your turn. Nope. You didn't hear bands. This oh, yeah. is <clears throat> the green line. Ben is W. Martins. Ben w. Yeah, Martins. Ben. Ben Martins. Okay. On Instagram. Mm-hmm. Says allowances for kids. Ooh. Um. So we started. Our kids are five, eight, nine, and eleven. In about three or four months ago, we started doing kind of allowances. Now, everybody has an opinion on this. Please do not write me emails telling me what you think about it. I don't it, need your input. To be honest, I don't care, but, but you asked me. Your so mind is, is made up. Right. This is what I think, or what we're doing, and it could change. We want... Based on your suggestion, so please... <laughs> we, um, we decided that, you know, our kids should learn to do their chores because we asked them to, and it's part of being part of a family, and that you everybody has to do something to help everything keep rolling. Um, and so they have the kind of baseline chores, but then we also have weekly stuff that on top of that, that we ask them to do. So they have to keep their room clean. They have to pick up their clothes, but then we, uh, we ask them to do dishes. We ask them to do laundry. We ask them to sweep the sidewalk when it gets mowed, pick up dog poop, stuff like that. And those things are worth money. And if they don't do them, they don't get paid. If they, if they, sorry, if they don't do them with a happy heart, they don't get paid. Very important distinction. If they do them and don't complain about it and don't backtalk, then they get paid. And it's a fixed amount. They know exactly what they, what their potential earning is, minimum potential earning is every week. <laughs> and we also give them chances to add, to get more. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so far that's worked out pretty well. And I, it could change, I think, but I'm not a big fan of the whole like, my kid gets $20 a week. Mm-hmm. They can spend it however they want to, as long as it's not drugs, you know, whatever. I don't think that's right, because I think that teaches kids that uh, there's no incentive for them to follow directions or be kind or be studious or be aware of their spending or any of that stuff if they're just given money to spend every week. There's, I feel like there's got to be something that on the other side of that, personally. What about you? I completely agree. We have a job opportunities jar, and it's filled with stuff that my wife and I don't like doing. And the kids know where it is. It's in, it's a fixture in our house. Um, we have the same thing. So, like, there are things that you have to do because you are a member of society and because I'm raising you to be an adult. So you need to put your clothes away. You need to do all these things that you're eventually going to have to do on your own because no one's going to do them for you. Um, so those things like you just do. And then there's the other stuff, just like emptying the dishwasher or cleaning up dog poop, like you said, or cleaning the fan or doing windows or whatever the little things are. And it's, it's a jar at any time. Or if I go, hey, man, somebody going to who wants to unload this dishwasher? I put out like an all call for <laughs> open contractors. <laughs> and we time. Yeah. And so when my kids, especially RFP. when my. Yeah, sorry. Uh, when my eight-year-old asks me for, for money, if we're doing something, or if we're going to the store and he wants me to buy him something, I go, no, man, that, that's you money. That's not me money. I have to provide for you. Like, you need food when it's food time. You need clothes. You need shelter. You need basic amenities. Like, those things I'll provide you because I'm your father and I love you. But the other stuff, like, that's just stuff. And that's you money. And so his opportunity to earn you money, and, I mean, he hasn't tried to buy drugs 
that, that, that you know of. That I know of. But, man, you do whatever you want to with your money. I, I may think it's dumb, but whatever. It's not my money, and you'll learn that in time. Make your mistakes now. But <clears throat> if he doesn't have money to spend, then he doesn't get that thing. And then I tell him, like, well, how could you have money right now? If I did jobs. I go, yeah, man, there's a jar. I tell him, like, there's a jar full of money sitting on the counter. <laughs> it's yours if you want it. And then he kind of lights up, and then he remembers. He's like, yeah, but then I have to do work. I'm like, yep. Bing, bing, bing. And now you're, you're a member of society with just that little piece of knowledge. Yep. But, like, we'll go to the coffee shop on Saturdays and spend just some he and I time. And he just assumes that I'm going to buy him, like, a muffin or a whatever. I'm like, no, man, I don't, I don't have any money right now. So if you want something, then go up there and order it. He's like, but you're not going to buy it for me? I'm like, you've already eaten. I've provided you food. That's extra. That's uh, a nicety. So that's you money. And then when I put it in that context, the next time we came and he actually had money to spend, he stopped and he was like, but I don't want to spend my money on that thing because it's just going to be gone really quick. Yep. And then it's also one of those ding, 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 ding kind of moments. Like, yep, you're getting it. Bag 16. And then one day he, he came up to me and he was like, Dad. He's like, I'm so frustrated. He's like, I, how do people save money? He's like, there's so many things that I want and I don't have enough money for all the things that I want. He's like, I just have to keep doing jobs, but the jobs, it's just, there's a lot of jobs. And I'm like, and I comfort him and I pat his little head. Suck it up, little fella. And I'm like, <laughs> buddy, that's the most grown up thing that you've ever said. I'm like, because every single person that you know or has lived in life has had to face this problem unless they were born into some royalty. Like, yeah. yep, you're getting it. And so now they accumulate money every Saturday is payday. Mm-hmm. So if they have stuff, they get paid on Saturday. It's not like it's Wednesday or whatever. Like, but I spent all my money and I, I know that you owe me this amount of money. Can I get paid? Like, no, you got to wait till payday. Yep. Yeah, we do the same thing. And he doesn't it, particularly enjoy that. Unless point, we yeah. forget. And then it's like a few days later, which happens. <laughs> yeah, that does happen. But no, I'm not all for allowances. There are things that you need to do because I'm teaching you how to operate and live and be an upstanding citizen or just a functioning member of society is, I think, the goal. Mm-hmm. And then there's the extras, and I allow you the opportunity to dig into those extras as much as you want to. There's a couple extra things, too, that I think are really can be useful. Like you were talking about not buying him, um, you know, a suite at a store or something. I think when you kind of set the precedent for I'm not always going to buy you what you want in a food situation or whatever, it gives you the opportunity to sometimes treat them. And it becomes an actual treat, like a thing that they don't expect, that they're not used to, they don't feel like they're entitled to, and that's a huge thing with at least my kids, I think most kids, is there's an entitlement issue where they just feel like, well, you're my parents, that means you have to buy me something when I'm hungry. You're the keepers of the money. Right, yeah, so like you're my my purse, and I want that thing, so you have to give me what I need for that thing. And I think squashing that entitlement in them, in a productive way, Yep is really, really good. And it gives you the chance to actually treat them and give them something when you want to. <clears throat> and they appreciate it. We also do, um, <clears throat> excuse me, this is different for everybody, but we um, encourage them to take out 10% of the money that they get every week and we help them calculate that. And they put it into a giving bag 
and so we give that at our church, but you know, you could give it in any, anything or you could put it in savings. Uh, we actually used to have a spending bag, a savings bag and a giving bag. And we would encourage them to take out 10% and put it in savings and giving. And then <clears throat> to help them, you know, to remember that not everything you get, you should just spend all the time, but to set something aside and be willing to give up something that you've, you've earned for the betterment of somebody else. And that's a struggle. Like yeah. that's, that's a legit hard thing for them to understand. That's a heart issue. It really is. But again, I think it sets a precedent for them mm-hmm. to just not feel like everything that they gain is like mine, 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 mine. I can spend it how I want. Like, you know, you have to, well, you don't have to, you should be able to help take care of other people and you should be able to plan for your future a little bit. So those are just some little things that we're trying to do. And it doesn't always work. And sometimes they forget or sometimes they dip into their savings bag when they don't have enough. And, but that's why it's there, honestly. So that's that's kind of a good example. Um, well, the but, perfect yeah. example right now is a Deacon wants uh, this Nintendo Switch game. And I'm trying to explain to him, I'm like, buddy, those Switch games are expensive. And he doesn't get it. He doesn't understand what $60 is. Like, I bought a Switch and I had a game. So the amount of sacrifice that he would have to make for the reward that he would get is really nothing right now. Mm-hmm. Until he has dollar-dollar bills in his hand, and then he has to give up that stuff for a pack of Pokemon cards that 80% of the cards in that pack he already has, and he gets mad. I'm like, <laughs> well, was that a wise purchase? Yep. That's and, been cool to watch my to watch my oldest figure that out. Yeah, that particular thing. And it's the thing he's like, well, I don't want to spend my money on something that's a waste. I'm like, well, you have to define what a waste is, and I have to. When every time you ask me for something that I think is dumb or that I think it, you know you should be responsible for, I ask myself that: is this a waste of my time or my money or your time or your diet or your whatever? Like, not that it's depriving people of fun, but it's trying to show him or show all the kids that stuff just doesn't appear in the house. Mm. Or like when dad goes to work, like, do you know why I go to work? Like you don't just get a house. It's yeah. things that they take for granted as a, as a child of, of people that have, are financially stable. I'm like, I'll give you a perfect instance. Deacon the other day asked me if moms work. Hmm. And I had to stop. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, your mom doesn't work. The Claggett's kid's mom doesn't work. The friend's mom doesn't work. These moms are I'm like, hmm. Like, that's a thing that you are, you don't understand. Like, both of my parents had to work their entire lives. Yeah. I was like, this is interesting. Hmm. I'm like, well, do you know why people have to work? And so then I explained, like, well, because we were in the RV, I was always around. And now that I come to work, they're like, oh, you got to go to work again? And I can't just, like, bargain. I'm like, you like to have lights on in the house? And they don't understand that. <laughs> yeah. And so by doing the the money situation this way, it teaches that What you should say is, I get to go play Legos today. I have have to work. We're working, and I come home with sweat on my brow, and I (laughs) rip my shirt a little bit and go, man. Tough day at the office. Good grief, you guys. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just getting around. (laughs) But it it teaches that connection to doing something that you might not want to do to the reward of getting something for doing it and being able to weigh that, mm-hmm. being able to honestly go like, that is not worth that amount of money. Yeah. Or that is something I'm not willing to do for anything. Like it's it's a teaching moment that they're responding to, which is you know, rewarding. Yeah. 
I agree. It's tough though. And I think we're going to, uh, I mean, we as in my family are just going to continue to run into more of this like money uh, entitlement and spending stuff because I can see their interests shifting all the time. You know, like they're interested in Pokemon mm. and then they're interested in Beyblade and then yep. they want, one of them wants another Switch, even though we have a Switch. I don't know why he wants his own, but he wants his own. Um, stuff like that. So I can just con- see that we're going to continue to have like, well, okay, how do the principles apply in this situation and how do they apply in this situation? Switch game is a perfect one <clears throat> because they are pretty expensive yep. and it takes a minute to save up for one of those. So that's Deacon's kind of thing he's infatuated with right now, besides Beyblades, I guess, which is just a permanence. But even Isaac, Isaac's four, and he does work, and he had enough money to go buy a Beyblade, and mm-hmm. that kid was so happy. And he got to put the dollars in the little machine, and like, like slurp the dollar in the machine, and he laughed like uncontrollably. There was so much joy in his face. That's awesome. Just because of the dollar machine. <laughs> I'm not done with the sword yet. We got to keep going. We're oh, an hour and ten minutes. Work. We're going super long on this one because got to got got to finish the sword. Got to work. I, I don't know. Wrong. Um, super Mario Brothers. <clears throat> pro. Yeah, of course. I don't know yeah. how you couldn't be pro on that. Yeah, everybody should be pro. Could you imagine the situation where somebody was con to like they just hated Mario? Yeah. Brothers? Like, how would that happen? Mm-hmm. Did you ever see the Super Mario Brothers? Cartoon or the show? The Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Yeah. Yeah. It's on Netflix. Yeah, Deacon likes it. <laughs> Our kids try to watch it and then they were like, yeah, Mario it's, Brothers. It's, it's, uh, it's coming the name. Oh, yeah. The, I like the Link, the Link show. That's not on the Netflix show, which is disappointing. The Link show? Yeah. There was a Link and Zelda cartoon that played with the Super Mario it's Brothers. It's in some of the episodes. Is it? Because yeah. I think it only played on Friday. Oh, I don't know. But I, we did see it in one of the, uh, the Netflix episodes. Well, I got Because my kids it. were like, what is Zelda? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm failing you in that way. But I just, <laughs> I've never played a Zelda game. Have we talked about that before? No. Never. I think we may have. But man, <clears throat> sorry. I mean, not been opposed to them. It's just like a thing that I kind of missed, I guess, because I didn't have a Nintendo growing up. So when I played at friends' house houses, it wasn't like, let's get into this game that takes a really long time. Mm-hmm. It was like, let's play what we can play for 10 minutes before they tell us to go to bed. That was a game that my mom and I played together, the original Legend of Zelda, mm-hmm. and it took forever. But that was that was a time that we could spend together, my mom and me playing this one video game. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, we never had any video game systems growing up. Uh, I don't know if that was intentional or just kind of like a, ah, we don't need that kind of thing. But my dad was always into computers, so we had computers around for a long time. And I did play some video games on, like, my brother had a TI computer, Texas Instruments, and he used to write games, and then when he was in, like, high school. That's awesome. He would write them and save them onto an audio cassette tape. Oh, wow. And so we would put the audio tape in and play it, and then play the game. He would, like, it's so crazy that that (laughs) existed. But he wrote several games, um, one Zork-like game, one that was, like, a maze thing, I don't remember, but he did a lot of that. And I played those. Oh, cure Voltron's done. Voltron's done. I got it. All right, he's heavy. Come on over here. That is huge. This is really big. Feet cam. Here, I'll I'll, I'll share my camera with feet. Look at Look, he looks huge with this camera from below. That's pretty (laughs) awesome. Here, I'll do some fancy. Dun, 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 dun. 
double camera movement. If you're not watching the video, you're missing out on some multi-cam action on Voltron. Pan and tilt. Man, that's uh, cool. It's pretty slick. I have a bunch of extra pieces. Yeah, I got a, I got a decent pie. We add them to the extra piece bin. Mm-hmm. Which one of these episodes we'll just build something straight out of the Ooh, extra piece that's, bin. That's a good idea. I'll have to do a few more sets because they're all really tiny yeah. pieces. So that'll be fun. Oh man, I'm like not done yet. You're really close. I know. All right, do you have a, like a mini one that we can end on? A mini, a mini one. Um, Is it my turn? I think it is your turn, because okay. I did Super Mario Brothers. Um, that, 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 that. I'm done. I'm almost done. Just keep going. Keep Fill the space. Quick. Fill the river space. Tables. River tables. <laughs> or the, the furniture formerly known as river tables. Uh, so what is it That's that from we're, Damon McIntosh. What are we commenting on about them? I guess well, they're that's really a, prevalent. That's I think people are just fed up with them. Yeah. So maybe they're asking if we're fed up with the trend of river tables or if we think that they're pretty or if we would ever make one. Um, I don't have a problem with them. I think everybody either is tired of them or likes them. Go for it. I I don't think I'll ever make one. I mean, I have kind of made one before. I did a table that was two pieces of wood with resin in between it and it had LEDs underneath it so it glowed. I did that several years ago you made an ocean table you went beyond the river i did i and I, that was intentional like i'm going to take this to a different place so i don't think i would ever go to the effort of making one because i think it's been explored pretty fully by a lot of people but i don't have a problem with them either what about you i was asked to make one so i'm i may still have to for it's an order for a family member really the only orders that i do anymore but i tried to tell like table's expensive the epoxy is expensive. The tent is expensive. The, I mean, I have a bunch of walnut, but it's not really curvy. So you can make it as expensive figured. as you want. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, I mean, none of them are that that iconic looking, like, has rounded or really yeah. jagged kind of edges to match a shoreline of a meandering river. Like, most of my stuff is rough cut, so it's, it's kind of straight, but just kind of gnarly looking. Mm -hmm. So none of them are really conducive for making, like, a river table like you would think. I would have to fake it and kind of carve it out. But which does lose some of the yeah. She's like, I don't care. I just want one. I'm like, it's it's crazy expensive. And after the Ecopoxy project that we did, uh, that has not come out yet. <laughs> so we've been working with epoxy for a certain thing, and it's troublesome. It's an all or nothing. Like it really is. You get the kit, and you hope that that kit works. And if the kit doesn't work, then your whole project is scrapped. I have an extra piece. Where'd this one? go? That goes oh, right there. Right there. I see. Gotcha. All right. Uh, now I have another extra piece. Where'd that go? Oh, that one. I don't know. Bottom? Mm. No. Mm. Uh oh. But I like the river tables. I, what about the the trademark infringing? Like you can't call it a river table anymore. Um. There's woodworking drama, which is really weird. Yeah, that is weird. I think that was a, I think that's the wrong approach to something. <clears throat> you know, a guy came up with an idea, debate, debatably, um, and after multiple years after people have appropriated it and turned it into what they want, and, you know, done their own versions of it, um, he decided to copyright it. And I, I just think that's, at that point, it's like too far gone. Now you just look like you're greedy, you know? 
I, I think that was a bad choice. I think he could have come up with a way to get some better publicity around his original idea than starting to go after. What you gotta flip that whole thing around. What what? The the silly little arms. This thing. The whole shoulder oh, bell yeah, yeah. thing pops off and <laughs> spins around. Like that. So where's the? They tuck. They tuck under. All the legs just randomly kind of fold up. How I looked. Did, I looked at the box. Around? Yeah, I like that. Does it snap? Mine didn't snap in. My Voltron's broken. There, there you go. Okay, almost done. I know this is like riveting. Um, I don't know. I think the trademark issue. Um, I think your work stands for itself, but going like you can't call it a river table anymore. A customer doesn't care. A customer wants the product. Yeah. And if they want an original, this artist or original that artist, I think that may be important. But if they show it to someone in their house, they go check out my beautiful river table, and all their friends go, "No, uh, you can't call it that. No, that's not a river table. That's a Bobo river table. But it's beautiful, and it looks exactly the same, and it's gorgeous, mm -hmm. and." It, is a wonderful piece of art in your house. And you go, nuh-uh. You can't. It's a ripoff. Yeah. But it's not. Every piece of wood is unique. Every little curve, every little... You can't step in the same river twice, Bob. Like... <laughs> okay. Oh, where do the tails go? They just stick up? I, I don't know. Fold I over? think they fold over. Make some shoulder pads. They stand up and go, woo! All right. So, Ultron party. Ultron. Where'd it? Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> His entire arm fell off. How do the wings work? You, you could have moved the leg out of the way. <laughs> oh. uh, or, I don't Yeah. I, no, that's, you can't. No, no, that's, you you got to move them up before you put the arms on. Probably. Oh, man. All this right. is fun. This, oh, yeah. This is a blast. I really enjoy it. You guys don't know this about part. Mr. Claggett. He doesn't like to read instructions. <laughs> If only there were an indicator that said that, like the title of this podcast. Oh, that's... Okay, there we go. There you go. He's got wings and a sword somehow. How do you put the sword in his hand? Uh, you got to take it apart, and there's like oh, that, of course. that center cylinder. This? Yeah, yeah, just remove the center cylinder, but keep the positive pegs on, oh. on the other ends. Man, there's a lot of like taking apart... Your Voltron has his tail tucked between his legs. <laughs> Well, don't be scared, Voltron. He's <laughs> just got a tail. <laughs> well, why wouldn't he? He's supposed to be the defender of freedom. It would be awesome if he had five tails sticking out the back. I think All that would the be the tails ideal. unite. <laughs> All right, so this thing goes into here. Mm -hmm. All right, Voltron's done finally. And I'm not even going to try to dun, dun, dun. to um, transform him into the mini lions. There we go. Double Voltron. Boom. Yay, now we get to work on something else next yeah, time. Yeah, what other set can take four months? No, I don't know, but we're not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just opening minifig bags. Yeah. Oh, here yeah. on out. All right, cool. Uh, we're really long, like an hour and 20 minutes. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. but well, thank You're you welcome, for, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us while we finished it. And uh, everybody can find you at? The PI Workshop on Instagram. Both of us at I Like to Make Stuff. And also the No Instructions podcast Instagram page. We'll be posting some pictures of these Voltrons and stuff. And that's it. Thank you for everybody for writing in the pros and cons suggestions. Yes. Appreciate that. Yeah. Send some more if you get them. All right. Talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.